0: Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to the Strength Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kurkowski. So grateful that you can join me today. All right, so Andrea Yuxi Chang, she's been a huge inspiration of mine for a long time. And it was an absolute honor to host her on the show today. Andrea is a master instructor with Strong First. She was my instructor at SFB in Seattle at her studio, KettleBility. And she's one of the truly great coaches out there. So she's been one of the pioneers of hard style training systems since she started in 2005. And since that time, she's taught around the world, both the art and science of training. So I've been looking forward to talking with Andrea for a while. She really leads from the front in the world of strength. It was just a beautiful time that we had here on the show. All right, so with that, let's get to it. If you like this episode, you want to show the podcast some love, please rate and review it wherever you're listening to. And don't forget to subscribe. You can catch all new episodes that are dropped every single week. All right, guys, thank you so much. Now let's get on with the show. What's up everybody? Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are. And Andrea Yushi Chang, so good to see you. It is an absolute honor. Thank you so much for taking so the time today. So good to
1: be here. Thank you. So happy to be on the podcast. The The Strength's Connection is just a great resource for people. It's super fun to see people, you know, hear them talk with mm-hmm. you and it's just you're just doing a fantastic job. Thank you.
0: Oh, thank you. I didn't even ask you to say that. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. So no, no joke. I've been excited to chat with you for a while. I was fortunate enough a few years ago to meet you in person, get to work when you hosted my SFB program <laughs> with you. And Car- Seriously, it was one of the most incredible experiences that I had in my coaching time. It was thank a blast. You. Um, And just hearing the you know history behind what you did of you know creating the first kettlebell gym out there in your area in Seattle mm-hmm. and of everything there. And I know you were an early adopter of this whole program that I've loved so long. So, you know, to get to learn from you at that point was really a phenomenal experience. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> so now to have you on and to dive deep into some pretty cool topics that we're going to get into is something I'm looking forward to. So again, thank you so much for taking the time. This is going to be great. Awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. So to kick this off, you know, I always think it's it's such a cool thing to hear about how everybody gets started in this world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been a coach for almost two decades now in this modality of training. It's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I know you started KettleBility in I think 2009, mm-hmm. which was the first kind of kettlebell specific based gym out there, which is so interesting because, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you about that, of what that was about something specific, but kind of how this all got started for you. What was it about the coaching world? What was it about strength and conditioning Mm -hmm. that really Mm -hmm. inspired you to want to go into this field? And how did you eventually get into it?
1: Well, it's sort of a long circuitous route. But um, I started out as a, you know, as a young person, being a high school and collegiate athlete, and totally into soccer and tennis, and just love moving and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then after college, moved to Seattle, ended up, I may mean, have an art degree, went right into real estate, of course, cause you know, starving artists right. you know, whatnot. And um, so started selling real estate here and apartment, and did a bunch of stuff. But in, in the interim of, you know, I got into kettlebells in 2005, but between, you know, cause I'm older, I got here in 1989 and that whole process. Um, I just kind of lost sight of my own strength and movement and fitness and just got, got really big. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I ended up gaining weight slowly, you know, it wasn't like it all went on poof, but over the years I put on, you know, I was up at 190 pounds and I, um, mm-hmm. five, seven ish, like (laughs) like five, I mean, five, three quarters, you know, whatever. Um, But, uh, you know, that's pretty heavy for someone my size. And Mm I um, had a a young son. um, But I was even heavy before that even happened. It had nothing to do with childbirth. Um, And I just was like, woke up one day, and I was like, what happened? You know, Mm -hmm. and so I called my childhood friend, Zara Horton and mm-hmm. who's a strong first master instructor. And at that time, he's always been into fitness, always been in, you know, in the bar department, helping build their fitness programs mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, if anybody can help me, it's going to be him. So I called yeah. him, I said, what do I do? And he goes, it's good, well, it's a good friend. This, it's a good friend to right? have on speed it's dial a good right there. To yeah. have, that's right. <laughs> and he goes, wow, okay. Um, and I think he was sort of shocked by my transformation from, you know, a field athlete into Mm -hmm. sort of a bloopy person, you -hmm. know, type of thing. And um, and he goes, why don't you get this book by Pavel Tatsulian called Power to the People? I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know. And so I got the book and me and my training partner started doing that stuff. I mean, I was going to the gym. It just was not effective. It wasn't efficient. It wasn't effective. It wasn't Mm -hmm. changing my str- you know, it was just right. normal sort of big box stuff. What um, were you doing?
0: What were you doing at the time?
1: Um, I was selling real estate and at the gym, I was doing things like jumping on the treadmill okay. or mm-hmm. getting on the machines or doing like incline, I don't know, curls with sure. dumbbells, yeah. you know, yeah. stuff, the normal gym rat type yep. stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that can work, but I was also, you know, feeding my face pretty good. Yep. And, um, And so me and my training partner started doing the stuff. So we started breathing weird. We took our shoes off. We started um, using the barbell for everything Mm -hmm. and doing side presses and, you know, stuff, you know. And she's actually in the fire department and she got wicked strong. And I started dropping body fat like crazy. Okay. And within six months, I had lost 45 pounds of body fat, maintained my muscle mass and kind of ch- like changed my life. You know, yeah. I was paying attention to what I was eating. Um, mm-hmm. You can't eat like you're playing on four different soccer teams you exactly. know, at <laughs> midlife. Can't do that. So you do have to pay attention to what's, you know, your nutrition and that kind of stuff. But, you know, with some, you know, just some no- eating healthy but not Mm -hmm. a huge emphasis on that but just training in this new way really changed my life and so for uh, my birthday present to myself I decided to go and Zara said you should go to get your strong for you well at the time it was the RKC Mm -hmm. get your kettlebell certification and so I went and it just completely was amazing Brett Jones Mm -hmm. um, was my team leader and um you know, I just met all these people that I'm still really good friends with. And mm-hmm. that's only grown. And my world just opened up. It was just like, I wanted to do more of this stuff. I wanted to be right. a coach. I wanted to coach, teach, get up and teach people how to do this stuff. Cause it had right. already made such a huge impact for me. And I was having a lot of people saying to me, Hey, what happened to you? I want you to help me do that stuff. But I didn't mm-hmm. feel confident doing that until I had gone through the instructor certification. Mm-hmm. So, um, that happened. And then I came back to Seattle and obviously if anybody who's listening has gone through a strong first or a kettlebell certification weekend and that kind of stuff, you're so pumped and you come home and you just kind of go, Oh, I, miss I know, it's, you know the, it's the dopamine switch, just the pendulum swings. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so I started teaching group classes mm-hmm. Lots of different places. I did a little bit of personal training, had some students, and then that started to grow. And I had a couple of different locations. And then I was teaching a bunch of stuff outside in the mm-hmm. park. And then it would get dark because the time zone would change. And I found an indoor place. And then finally, I was just like, if I don't, if I don't find my own location this isn't going to be able to grow. And right. somebody else is going to open up the first kettlebell gym and that's going mm-hmm. to really make me mad, you know. So, yeah. I found this location at the time I was still selling real estate and so I was able to find a location that I could grow mm-hmm. into hopefully, and that's kind of how it started.
0: Wow, that's, that's awesome. Started. That's really cool. Yeah. When you were doing so in your training um cuz mm-hmm. power to the people is very barbell specific mm-hmm. on that and then you went into kettlebells. When you were doing that program, did it obviously the results came and that's like a quick buy-in I'm sure like in the mindset, Mm -hmm. but did it feel kind of like, this is something very different that I've never done before. Like did you kind of see, did you kind of see like there's something different to this system right away?
1: Absolutely. And it, and it's down to even the simplest of things with there's just like failing with that integrity, which is something that we talk about at our certifications and our workshops and hopefully in everybody's practice is, you know, in a big box gym, it's like, how much do you bench bro? Or, you know, whatever you're pressing and you're like pressing. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, ah, and you fail. And your yeah. friend's like, oh, I didn't catch you in time. And, you know, right. the spotters <laughs> not good and all that stuff. Well, all of a sudden we were doing reps of maybe as many as five at a time, instead of eight to 10 or 15, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so it was like ladders of whatever, 235, or 123, or whatever, we were breathing specifically, we were paying attention to our setup, we were, and this was all from the book, this is like self taught from power to the people. Yeah, and, and, and it was just so radically different. And it just felt like we weren't doing enough. But the, the other part of it is that, by doing such concentrated field practice, it actually was everything that we needed, everything, you know, and then, you know, I saw these these things in the gym, kettlebells. I thought, like, yeah. God, that's a fad. That's just so goofy. This guy's walking around with them. And then <laughs> I saw somebody outside walking around with them. I'm like, that's ridiculous. And then I went home to visit my mom. And I was like, Oh, this is so great. Good for you. You're doing fantastic. You know, I think you're gonna really like kettlebells. And I'm like, Okay. And so at the time he had sort of a, a home gym before he had started mm-hmm. firebells and moved on to what he's doing now. And um he taught me. In two hours, we went over um, deadlift, swing, get up, snatch, clean, press, Mm -hmm. windmill, just like everything. Yeah. And um, and I was just stunned at how much it was familiar. Just I think the ballistic nature of the swing and the tension feels like sprinting to me a little bit. And so it just, it was that thing I was missing, which was the camaraderie of a, a group of people that train similarly, you know, like a team, right. but also that feeling of the, what that skill practice, what hard style swings mm-hmm. do to your body. And it feels like sprinting to yeah. me. And yeah. so I just was just like, wow, this is great. And mm-hmm. On the way home i got out and ordered my first kettlebell she's still right over there yeah. and um <laughs> in the huge group we have like over 300 bells at the yeah stadium. and um but i know which one it is and um yeah and that's just that just took us into that next took me into that next place and i started you know trying to get people to come in to do workshops yeah. at the studio and try to bringing people in and trying to being the focal point i reached out to the other people who were also Um, kettlebell instructors in the city Mm and tried to like build a community here. And um, yeah, then I started, um, let's see, I would go to assist at everything I could assist at, just paid my own way, went, was just wanted to be a squeaky wheel and just go and just drink up the Kool-Aid, you know, every time you go to an event, I, I maybe you feel this way too. If I can come back home with one or two new nuances or things, it just helps open my coaching up to that yeah. better, you know?
0: It is. Yeah. I, and we're gonna I we're gonna get into that 8020 a a bit, but I think this the the same thing I always you know thought from the the certifications. I've told this story I think on the podcast before, but like when Brett came to my uh, gym in Clifton Park for it was I think the first FMS level two workshop, oh, wow. and it uh-huh. was a it was a small workshop. It was just my team and maybe like three or four other people oh, uh, nice. from like around the area. And one mm-hmm. of the guys that came was an RKC at the time. Uh-huh. And, uh, Brett was a master RKC, and yeah. I was kind of known as the kettlebell guy because I like them the most. I didn't know right. anything about the system and. <laughs> It was like, I think it was Sunday before we were getting rolling and some people were just there in the morning time. And I just asked, I was like, hey, could you take a look at my swing? Thinking I was going to like show off in front of the master instructor. And <laughs> in, in seven minutes, Brett and this other coach like killed me with a 16K bell by just tweaking things, by just actually getting the ballistic movements down. And I was like pouring sweat at this time. And it was that first thing I was like, oh, wow, I don't know anything about this system, which is, it actually, some, it could feel like almost deplete. I was like, oh my God, like there's so much I can learn there's so from much. this yeah. system. And it was that, yeah. there's that depth to it of like, you have to, those little details and actually mm-hmm. when you get them down and actually see it, like, and you see the progress of it, it's, mm-hmm. it was the first time it was so different than just getting a good workout in. It's like, you felt like yeah. you were better in a skill set.
1: Yeah. I know. It's pretty amazing. It was interesting that you say that because, um, in March, we have the first uh, Strong First Level One certification, kettlebell certification in Hawaii, which I think is going to be super fun. But we went out a couple—I went out a couple weeks ago um, and worked with Zane Salerno, one of our Strong First instructors in Hawaii, to run some workshops for Oahu to see if we could sort of build some interest and you know mm-hmm. bring Strong First principles and stuff out there. And Mike Higazi, who is the general manager of the UFC gym Kailua, where we were at. Mm-hmm. has um suffered from a lot of hip dysfunction and pain and stuff and mm-hmm. you know did a lot of sports and you know has a lot of road wear and stuff and um after the weekend he's like I haven't trained my lower body in the way that we trained this weekend for so long but with no pain no discomfort mm-hmm. I feel so much better and I'm realizing that as a coach at this point in his coaching career in life that these little details, like you're saying, these little skilled practice details, the attention to this uh, form that is very deep. It's like a, an inch wide and mile deep, but mm-hmm. the skill practice is so uh, precise. But also if you work into that precision, you can change so much about how your body moves and what you're getting out of it. And uh, right. since then, he's been, you know, he's preparing for the cert and he's just like, I can't believe how much better I feel. And I just wasn't doing things right. I didn't know what I didn't know, you know, and it wasn't until we were able there to be there to coach him, to show him how to use tension, how to root, how to turn things on, how to keep things stable. And then the cyclical nature of Relaxation and the tension, and mm-hmm. it's just really cool to hear something like that. So I just—that's one of the things I just love about our system. It's so cool. It is,
0: yeah. the pers- The precision, it's like that devil in details type stuff, mm-hmm. is so big. And I've I've had debates with people back and forth on this. It's like, oh, it's the general things are the be- yeah, absolutely. For the vast majority of people, like the mm-hmm. general things are going to work really well. Mm-hmm. However, like those will get you to a certain point. like you when you individualize it, like the devil's in the detail of the twenty percent of those. and if mm-hmm. if you don't know that side of it, right, you have a very low ceiling of where you're going to get at as a coach mm-hmm. or as a practitioner. That's right. If, if you also know that twenty percent and you work with that, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden things really open up so much more. and i was I was kind of similar, um, you know, to this guy, Mike, like I've had a pin in my hip since I was fourteen years old. and wow. I, you know, when you're 20 years old after rehab, like you don't feel pain when you're 20, 21 years old. Right. Like you, you can different. do you bounce yeah. right back. All of a sudden, I did an FMS screen and realized I was so off balance. And mm-hmm. actually, getting into some of these practices, I didn't realize I didn't feel good until I started to actually feel good from right. doing these things. And I right. think that's something so yeah. interesting with people is where we can get so into what our brain thinks is normal, and it will kind of alleviate that pain. When as soon as you actually feel good, you get into good practice, then it's like, holy shit, this whole world just opened up for me.
1: Totally. Absolutely. I totally agree. And um, I've experienced many of the same things. I mean, I've got a broken body, (laughs) shoulder surgery from tennis, Mm -hmm. knee and ankle surgery for skiing and soccer and all that kind of stuff. And it's just I just feel so lucky to have found this system or have had a friend who pointed mm-hmm. at me like, Hey, go do this thing because it really does help make you um, move better, feel stronger um, and have resiliency and durability into whatever age. And, and gosh, you know, people say this all the time. I wish when I was that age, I could do this. If I knew now what then to do, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, I mean, anybody who's, you know, I'm going to say in their twenties, if they start training with strong first principles, it's just going to carry over for your whole life. And you're just going to be so much better off physically and mentally. Yeah. Um, training in this way. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. So when you opened up Kettlebility, and this is back in 09. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it was like you said, the, it was the first specific kind of gym for yeah. this modality of training. Yeah. What was that like when you guys first got started with it? Like when people come in, did people know what kettlebells were? Was it a big kind of learning curve for people to come yeah. into? What was that process of building up the business? Like if you can bring me back?
1: Yeah. Well, it started very, well, it still is very organic. I mean, I, you know, we have Instagram and Facebook and, you know, a YouTube channel and that kind of stuff. But if anybody's been on it, you know, we, we try to put stuff on there, but it's really what we do in here, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. And so it started very organically because I was running a bunch of group classes. And at cert- a certain point, people started to become aware of, there's a kettlebell class going down to the park, you know? And so mm. after a certain amount of people were ready and able and willing, um, I knew I had to find a space where we could be there all year. I didn't have to like go inside, go outside. You know, it had to be, I didn't need, I also didn't want to have to pull, take the kettlebells in my car everywhere anymore, you know, right. type of yep. thing. Um, we needed a home. And so, you know, I did a lot of, outreach to gyms and read a bunch of information on websites and talk to experts. And basically everybody said, it's not possible. <laughs> what I you're doing isn't possible because this thing is so, I mean, they didn't even use the word boutique back in the day. It was like, what is this thing? What are you talking about? You're going right. to do what? No one does that. Mm-hmm. People were all into like boot camp style or big, huge stuff. Yeah. and gyms, you know, and, um, and so I said, but this is the only thing I know, you know, this was my entree, my entrance into the fitness world was just through Pablo Tatooine and mm-hmm. his principal system. And so I, I was like, well, I'm just going to take the classes inside and we'll see what happens. And mm-hmm. we started having workshops. And so it kind of grew organically that way, because I didn't want to do anything else. I right. would go to other gyms and different shops and see what they were doing. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. I learned from Powell, you know, yeah. this principled system, this system works. Look at me, look at the people I'm working with, you know, mm-hmm. and then look at what they're doing over there. No disrespect. That's all good. Everyone's having a great time, but I, I can't do that. And I don't want to do that. Right. I learned this. And so it was kind of easier in a way because I didn't have a fitness background other than being just an athlete, you know, (laughs) I didn't have, I didn't go to school for athletic training. I didn't have any of that other stuff that had to be peeled away to get to Pavel's teachings, you know, it's just, that was my first thing in. So it was more easy for me to, I think, to, to go, well, let's see what happens. Apparently it's working because.
0: Yeah. That's my my favorite. That's my favorite phrase is see what happens right there. I think it's (laughs) like, if you just try, you know, I know, I love it. I, I love when, uh, of seeing the growth that you did there. Cause like I came back, I remember from RKC and like you said, you're such on a high from this system that you just learned. And I came back to like crickets from the team that I was on before. It was like, I was in more of like a commercial based space. And yeah, it was like the, the concept of niching down into a specific system mm-hmm. was like, it was, it was a fad. I heard all the things that you said too. And it was like, I didn't really have the Ability to dive deep into it until I moved out of there. I joined my old partner, mm-hmm. Chris, and we built a small mm-hmm. studio there. And you saw, like, it was the same thing. It had some people who came in who were looking for that boot camp type mm-hmm. emotionally driven mentality. And mm-hmm. it's it's not bad. Like that's just where you're at. You're not ready for a system like this because it goes deep. Right. But then right. we had a group of people and realized, like, everybody's getting results from this. It's like right. And that's the thing that I think. You know, we talked about like with young coaches, like what to work on. It's like, get really Mm -hmm. good at getting results for people. It's like all the marketing and like the quick Mm -hmm. things of the Instagram and the social media, like the quick, you know, posts and stuff like that. Yeah. There's Mm -hmm. a a time and a place for that. But Mm -hmm. if you get really good at getting results for people in there, like nobody's leaving you at that. And then you build build that critical mass. And that,
1: yeah. And the people and they start, and then it can build from, you know, word of mouth, you can build organically. And that is so much more meaningful, I think, than, you know, anybody that you can get with an ad. That's not to say that you can't get good people from marketing and advertisement, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, because we've, I'm sure people have come into our studio because they saw something that made them think, oh, that's interesting. Um, But just that whole process of get good at, working with people because you have to be a good listener. And that's, I, maybe that's the, like, cause we were talking about like for new coaches, like what mm. are those things that are important? And I think it's, how do you, just like you said, how do you assess success? You know, mm. how do you, how do you assess if what you're doing is working? Partly it's if people decide to stick with you, that's simple and easy, right? right? Yeah. You know, if they feel better, if they're doing better, you know, with kettlebells, it's sort of easy, you know, strength, endurance, ability goes up, ability to endure strength goes up, you know, you start with a mm-hmm. smaller kettlebell, and it gets bigger, you know, at least with our kettlebells, you know, they're not all mm-hmm. the same size. Um, but I think that um, chasing certification, certifications are fantastic, and you need to have them because they give you that depth of understanding of how to teach how to coach,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but then you actually have to use it. So it's not about chasing certs. It's about, you know, I think more surgically, I'm going to go to this cert and then I'm going to get really good at teaching the elements that I've learned in this certification. So, right. how do you teach neutral spine? How do you teach a deadlift? How do you teach people to turn on their glutes? You know, how do you teach people to anti shrug? Whatever, any of those things that come with it, how do you teach them to? have the correct timing for a swing, you know, really work at coaching people where they are at, meeting them where they're at, and then helping them grow their movement literacy, their strength, their endurance, the foundational movement patterns. I think that's a better place for young coaches to start from is Mm -hmm. just, you have to work with people. It's not about, maybe it is for some people, um, just working on social media and earning something off of your YouTube channel that I, yeah, I just so love and I'm passionate about working with people and coaches. I love seeing coaches get better at coaching and you can just
0: see the light bulbs go
1: on when you show a drill or a cue or a tip or, you know, show yeah. movement flow or something like that. It's just really cool.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because you can always, you know, go back to your own experience of how you did it. And I've talked with some different people who did it a different way, but mm-hmm. of like going from one cert right to another, like I did level one and then didn't do anything for two years then recertified then did level two. And right. I'm like, I in in hindsight, I it helped me a lot because I didn't overload so much more new information Mm -hmm. and kind of went deep into just learning, Mm -hmm. like the six deep movements. I got really good at assessing swings, assessing snatches and stuff, and then got into level two. Then went into SFB. I mean, and so on and so forth of building up. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, where I've seen other people who like did one like right after another, like went to level one. Oh, I'm going to do Mm -hmm. level two like next month. It's like okay. Like that's one thing you get the letters by your name and stuff like that. But yeah, the depth of practice, I think the, like, it's hard to train experience, right? It's like, just yeah. get in and like, you do that. And I think that's, that's something, if I was a young coach again, like, how would I go back and do it again? I'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, I would just get really good at assessing success. As you said, like get really yeah. good at a few things. And then yeah keep building on top of that. And Mm -hmm. it seems now, since there's so much knowledge out there, you can get so many different things every Mm -hmm. weekend, if you wanted Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. seems like it seems we're almost getting into dabbling in a lot of things and not going so deep.
1: Yeah. I think that, um, you know, suggestions for, you know, a newer coach. I mean, to just go back to a little bit to your point, I think if somebody is very experienced and been around for a really, really long coaching, a lot of people successfully, you can go to several searches in a row, go for it, you know, because mm-hmm. you're going to have, um, you're going to have the, the resiliency to endure the amount of information that comes in and you have a, you have a foundation for that to sit in, right. Mm-hmm. But as a new coach, I think I totally agree that organizing your, your, your skill practice as a coach, what you're using you need to really get specific. Like, how am I gonna teach this stuff? What system am I gonna use? And get really good at teaching that system, whatever it is. And then you can start to add in things that are gonna help people be more effective or more efficient or safer when you're teaching them how to do this stuff, right? Mm. And so I think that for new coaches, you know, how do you assess success? Would be find an assessment tool we use the FMS here, you know, the Mm -hmm. FMS is a system partner for strong first and for ground force method and several other places. And and it is sort of the the nicest, most effective way to have get empirical data. What Mm -hmm. do I need to keep my student away from? What do I need to move them towards? What do I need to fix? It's just, it's easy. Mm -hmm. And so that's a good place to have that assessment that you can attest every couple of weeks, every couple months Mm -hmm. to make sure you're going in the right direction. That's, that's a great um, tool. And as well, if you work with, and hopefully most coaches are hopefully working with a referral network of um, providers like Mm -hmm. Cairo rehab, physical therapy, you know, X, Y, Z. And so that those people are using a similar system, the SFMA. So for clinicians, so that you have a language Mm -hmm. that, that joins and can talk so that you, when you refer somebody to a provider, they also understand that they are, you know, need to refer them back to you. That kettlebells isn't going to break them. How you train Mm -hmm. is in context of, um, training without pain or discomfort, working on the strong stuff, bolstering and teaching how to work on the stuff that isn't working so well. Um, you know, I think that's super important for a, a new coach because otherwise you're just, you know, throwing stuff on the wall to see what sticks and what sticks might not be the thing that is helping your student the most.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's, I love the FMS system too, from that, just like you said, the empirical data. And I think some coaches, we get away from that. Like we get so much Mm -hmm. into, it is, it's an emotional aspect. People want to make changes and they want to do, but sometimes you need to reel clients back in and like get, let them see the whole picture with you Mm -hmm. and like trust. That's why I love the, the FMS system. Cause it's like, okay, you can see ones, twos and threes and zeros. Mm-hmm. You can talk about it in a right way. And yeah. then it really gives them a framework. I think that's mm-hmm. where, you know, with clients too, it's like what I found that works so uh, much for me. And I, I wish I knew this early on in my career, but yeah. making the client as much part of the process of what you're doing mm-hmm. in their program mm-hmm as like you giving them directions. Mm-hmm. Like it needs to be partly their idea and they need to know what they're doing. Otherwise you don't get buy-in and they don't feel like they're learning the skill. They're just blind right. following a plan over totally. And over
1: again. Absolutely. And so education is a huge part of that, just like you're saying, if and and it takes longer to educate somebody, you know, mm-hmm. it takes understanding of what's happening to educate somebody. And it also means that there are certain people that aren't going to be the right fit for you. You know, we have plenty of people that come into the studio. They're not the right fit for our studio. We're a skill based mm. studio. Um, so if you want to just sweat in a puddle, you can go to the LA fitness down the street, you know, right? great, go do your thing. But if you want skilled training, that's going to integrate your body and your mind and your movement and work on balance and, you know, get some nutritional mm-hmm. coaching that isn't crazy, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you're going to come here and we're going to do something that's a little different.
0: Yeah. So this, well, and yeah, and niching down into it. I think that's something as a young, co- like it's it, when you're first starting out, you think like, I want to work with everybody. I want to do everything <laughs> for everybody at once. It's so cool. You kind of found this niche early on in your career mm-hmm. of building it in. It's almost like, <laughs> like ignorance. you said, you, I yeah, only exactly. have this. <laughs> I, sometimes the ignorance is, but I don't know anything else. So I'm just going to do this. I'm like, I think that's, you know, so beautiful of going in there. Mm-hmm. So, so you did this and I mean, you've worked with uh, FMS, ground force methods, Z health. I mean, uh, you know, with r 2 with with uh, R2P. Training
1: for warriors. Exactly. I mean, gone to like, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff. I mean, yeah. being a forever student, I think is super, super important and mm-hmm. um, going places and even doing things that you're like, huh, I'm not sure if I'll ever Oh, I got something out of that, you know, just Mm -hmm. whatever, a certification that you're like, well, that's kind of, but it's here in town. I have time. Let's go do it because maybe you're going to find something interesting out of it. And oftentimes you'll find something, you know, Yeah, I think all that stuff is helpful.
0: Yeah. With your evolution in coaching, like if you go back, like, is there some things that maybe you valued really early on or did a lot more that you're like, this isn't as important going forward, or even kind of vice versa, like things that now like you value, or you dig your heels in even more that you didn't do so much like early on, just based on your experience.
1: I think, um, I think that in the beginning, when you're, you know, fresh, and you just learned how to a kettlebell and you've learned how to teach somebody how to swing a kettlebell and you've just gotten into FMS or or whatever. You really do sort of see everything through that lens so so crisply, so cleanly. And then everything is so important, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, I think the most important thing is, like you said, you got to have buy-in with your, your consumer who is your student or your client. And they have to enjoy the process. They have to want to work with you and they have to feel like they're succeeding on some level and if you dial down into the nitty-gritty right away i mean how many people have been frustrated myself included being coached and given too much information like you were saying um too many cues or just like it's not perfect well yeah. of course it's not going to be perfect you know because right. I'm still working on my swing after all these years, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a moving target, you know, we're still always having to dial it in. And that's why hard style is hard because not only is it tension, relaxation, all that kind of stuff, but it's cognitively, our brain wants to make things easy. We don't want to clench our loots you know, squeeze our butt. We don't want to, you know, do the stuff we want to anticipate, you know, all the things. Mm -hmm. So I think if I could take something and, take it back into the past to be better and to have newer coaches realize that safe and effective is the most important thing, safe Mm -hmm. and effective. So that means you have to pick the things that make your student or your client safe and effective in whatever movement pattern that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then you can add layers of skill on top of that. So, it can not look great and not look too standard in terms of if you were going to assert, but if they're safe and effective and they're doing the movement, they're still going to get something out of it. And then you can start working in levels of skill, giving drills, giving cues, mm-hmm. giving tips to move them closer and closer and closer to what you're, you're wanting. As long as you have a clear vision of wanting to move people there, if Right. safe and effective is good enough for you, then you'll never get to that skilled practice because you're not going to do what you need to do as a coach to coach it up basically. Mm. And so, but you have to give your students enough of what they enjoy of whatever it is. So mm-hmm. then you can put in that skill training and hopefully they start to trust you in the process. And so even though you're having them do something that maybe isn't their favorite thing, they know it's going to help them get to the thing that is.
0: Right. Right. That's better. it's yeah, it's such a great point, and the enjoyment of it, I think, is so interesting. Yeah, you know, I was talking about this with uh, with Oz a few weeks back when he was on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. yeah, where I you know, I started teaching people how to snatch a kettlebell much earlier than I ever did before, you know, thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, you need to swing so much and so much. When I realized if you teach people how because the the snatch is just so much fun to do, it's like if yeah, people are getting into kettlebell work, it's like it's the badass look on it, it's like, yeah, you can totally pepper in the other stuff in there, teach them how to do it, kind of put it in. And then there's this enjoyment factor of it. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes as coaches, we were so serious about wanting to get the results when it's like, yeah, people want to enjoy the, if you get the enjoyment along with the yeah. buy-in, like yeah. then who doesn't want to enjoy what they're doing from there? So Absolutely. it's like, that that was a switch over in my mind just a couple of years ago when it's like, okay, like we're going to teach some more stuff and kind of on your point of, if it's standard, if it's safe, then it's okay. It doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't need to look Mm -hmm. like, you know, great. You know, I cracked up with Oz because everything he does is so beautiful in his movement. So freaking graceful. And it's like, so I always know I have something to work on, but yeah, it's like, make it enjoy, make it enjoyable in the process.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, Oz and I are definitely form junkies for sure. And, um, you know, we can go right into the weeds on that and there's a reason for that, you know, because if you're up there in front of people demonstrating, you know, hopefully your form is is as top notch as you can make it because, you know, people who train with us are like little ducks, you know, they do what you do. And so if you're looking at the ground when you swing or whatever, people flip the bell, you know, we laugh about it all the time. Zar comes to teach, we're teaching a cert together and he comes to the studio and. Generous enough to teach class, you know, as a guest instructor. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at everybody's like, Why is everybody's bell flipping? Chang, <laughs> you know, and it's probably because <laughs> my bell is flipping, <laughs> you know. And I'll go to when he used to have his gym, I'll go and teach a class at his gym or whatever. And I'm like, Why is everybody in this weird doop doop when they're clean? You know, what's happening is I'm like, He's like, I am, I'm probably doing it fit, you know, let's fix it. So, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that you always get the coach's eye on you is important because all this stuff degrades if you're not actually consciously working on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody's probably intimidated by czar when he comes in. So <laughs> no, <laughs> no, shout out he, to czar. He, you're he's the best a nice yeah. guy. He's the greatest. He's 100, awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that, that brings into the point we were talking about this, um, earlier when we were connecting on this of that importance Mm -hmm. of being in person with people now Mm -hmm. you know and it's like Mm -hmm. there's so many I mean online resources is great you know things have changed a lot over the last couple years where you can do Mm -hmm. a lot of these things but Mm -hmm. that in-person connection and coaching is so important it's like not just on you can get things down but like you said like other people might see something like different from mm-hmm. you like you can't always yeah. see it through a screen so mm-hmm. like learning these things getting to in person you know programs certifications is so important is so, so vital important. i just we we can't miss that anymore i know it's a mm-hmm. different world now and a lot of things are going online and it's it great is, yeah. information's out there but that connection is is so powerful
1: Right. And, you know, it's not only just the interpersonal connection between you and other people and we can call it network with networking or community building, but it's also like if you're a coach, you need to be watching other people coach as much as possible because watching and learning from other coaches, you're going to get so much. And that's why I still, if I can get to an event, I try to get there as, as much as I can, because if I haven't seen somebody coach or gosh, I'll always go you know, be a part of anything Brett's mm-hmm. teaching because, or Pavel or anybody, whatever, because yeah. I'm going to get like, how, how do they communicate? What, what are they doing? Yes. How are they doing it? You know? And then I'm like, Oh, what resonates with me? How can I use those things and make them my own thing with my own personality? Cause everyone, you can't just copy somebody else. You're mm-hmm. going to take the information, you're going to put it through your filter. And then you're going to come up with your way of saying it. But maybe that seed, that kernel of information that you're sharing comes from somebody else. And hopefully you give justice, you know, yes. give them credit and all that kind of stuff going forward as we try to do our best to do that kind of stuff. But um, I do think that in another aspect, like the you cannot do that online, can't do mm-hmm. it online. Um, and even though, you know, hands on moving people around is, you know, we try not to do that. We try to give, you know, more visual or external cueing and, and not have to put our hands on people, there is nothing better than being in a room of people and seeing all different shapes and sizes and age groups, learning how to do something and seeing how different people learn differently. And so as a coach, mm. you don't get that on a an online instructor certification. There's mm. no possible way for you to get that sort of broad swath of, you know, even with 10 people at a certification, like you were saying that the FMS level two for you guys was a very small one. Yeah. Even with a small group of people, you're going to get intense feedback on your own, how you're queuing people, what you're seeing, the coach's eye. Are you, what am I saying? I see the thing, Yep. but I don't know how to fix it. I know something's not quite right, but what am I seeing? Like, you're not going to get that on a video tutorial. There's, that's not possible. So hmm. Really honing that fine edge of what am I seeing? Am I seeing it right? How do I fix it? What do I fix first? You're just not going to get that. You're going to get maybe a manual from that, maybe an online PDF, and then you're going to go, All right, maybe I can do it, but I still don't have, I don't know how to teach it. Right. The cool, or I don't even know how to communicated effectively so I get what I need out of my student. I don't even have I haven't had a chance to even try it yet. So the cool thing about in-person certifications like the strong first level one, which is a three-day, is hopefully you get to touch, train, coach, be a student for three whole days. So it's a lot of information, but you're getting so many different levels of of information that you can hopefully use that it sort of if it took you let's say I don't know let's say it took you a year to figure out all of this on your own just trial and error you know you might make it a month of skilled practice after a cert because you've been given the most effective and efficient ways of coaching
0: yes to make it
1: happen so it's sort of like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You, yeah. The wheel. You can find a system that helps you learn how to teach and how to coach, and then right. start going from there.
0: That's so funny. I never realized uh, until you mentioned it of how much you pick up how other coaches coach and how you kind of adopt those manners. I always crack up because uh, when I assisted with Karen, you probably know this from Karen. Before yes. she makes a correction, she kind of smiles at the person, like yes. it's o- it's okay that you made a mistake, but try this, but. <laughs> It's such a subtle little, like, it's okay. Like I'm going to fix it, you know, type Mm -hmm. thing, but it's like, here, try this. Brett does like the same thing. And you never realize that like those little cues you can pick up Mm -hmm. and it's so powerful to see how other people coach you have experiences Mm -hmm. and how they go in. It's not just the cue. It's like how you, you know, Mm -hmm. how you direct them, how you work with somebody Mm -hmm. on it. And you get that, you get that buy-in from the clients. I never realized how powerful that was until you just brought that up. That's hilarious.
1: And um, one of the things um, I think that is super important as well for young coaches is if you see something, if you have a good relationship with your student and they know that you're there to help them get better and they're actually with you because they want to get better, so they've already bought in, right? Um, they have the trust. You know, if they're doing something and, you know, you don't have to wait until like, oh, please do 10 reps. All right. You don't have to wait until the 10 reps are over. You can say, oh, okay. And park the bell. Let's let's try this, right? Mm -hmm. Don't, don't let them go on and on and on doing a rep that isn't going to be effective for them in the long run. Go ahead and just, you know, it doesn't have to be after the first rep. You have to let them feel things too, Mm -hmm. but you also don't need to let it go on and on. If you're like, Oh, I can give them this drill. That's going to really help them to do that. It's better to sort of jump in and be quick on the update on that.
0: Uh, no, think. no, no doubt. No doubt. So right, I want to ask you about the toolbox in here. There's a great resource that I honestly did not even know about in here <laughs> for instructors to really dive. And this is something that you, Zar and Vic put together, mm-hmm. which is essentially a, a deep dive is doesn't even I think equate it like it's a deep, deep dive into the essential movements of what you can Mm -hmm. do for level one. Um, Correct. To get into this, how, like the message that you guys, like what was it that you wanted to kind of do putting this together? There's a lot of resources out about fixing the swing and stuff like that. This goes Mm -hmm. even deeper. What was it like, how did you guys create this? What was the message that you wanted to really drill home?
1: Well, what um, Zara and I have been teaching together for a really, really long time. And um, we saw, you know, one of the cool things is, you know Pavel's system evolves. you know what mm-hmm. we teach at the certs evolve, and the drills and the cues and the tips um, that we use in certs to help the students help our our hopeful um, instructors get better at learning and teaching evolve. And so mm-hmm. there was a lot of things that get edited out of the certification manuals or Maybe it's something that, and we laugh about it all the time, Um, myself and Zara and Vic, you know, we'll be like, oh, I just came up with this great drill. Oh my God, I came up with something similar to that, that helped this person do this thing, you know, that type of thing. And so we collated um, what we call the lost teachings, you know, from all the different instructors Mm -hmm. that we've seen over the years, all the different sort of go-to drills that we've created and come up with on our own that help expedite learning and we just thought that to give back to this amazing system that pavels created we wanted to give back to instructors so it this this the toolbox the instructors kettlebell toolbox the kit is only for certified instructors you can only get it if you're a certified mm-hmm. instructor with strong first and so it's on the certified instructor only portion of the website you can find it there but the idea behind it is hey generally speaking If you, 80% of the people, 80% of the time, you teach them your normal go-to, this is how I do it, I do it this way, Mm -hmm. you get success, right? But you're going to have that 20% of the people that you coach um, are just not going to use or be effective or learn with the normal stuff that you Mm. typically use. You're going to have to get in, dive into your toolbox and throw something on the wall to see if it sticks, honestly. So Mm. it's, it'll be like, okay, so they don't know how to turn on their glutes. I got to figure this out. What can I do to help them turn it on somewhere so that then they could stand up and turn it on. Right. So it might Mm. be, they have to lay on the ground on their back and squeeze their butt so that lifts them off the floor so they can feel the proprioceptive Mm -hmm. input of the floor against their glutes while they're turning them on okay got it there okay let's see if you can turn them over and get it nope can't get it there good turn them Mm -hmm. back over you know and then put them up against the wall can they do it on the wall you know and Mm -hmm. then if they can you know you're sort of like trying to figure out what things or maybe it's a maybe it's a band drill you know maybe Mm -hmm. they have to resist a band you know maybe they need you know, tactile. So they have to put their hands on their glutes to see if they're on, you know, like you have to find the things. And so the instructor's toolbox is just a ton ton. of these different ways that you can use to help someone find neutral spine, help someone find their Mm. hinge, help someone keep their shoulders engaged in the getup, help somebody have a clean, clean, you know, Um, all these things. And we show not only, um, drills and tips and cues for things, but we show all the things that can go wrong. And hopefully then you can see, Oh, I've seen that thing. Oh, I can use this to fix it. You know? So it's kind of a deep dive. And so it is, Mm -hmm. it is very um, it's slated for instructors who are coaching for sure. Yeah. If you're not coaching um, it's great for self-teaching. Like, gosh, I've always been, they always tell me I shrugging. Now there's a ton of drills in there to help you not shrug when you're doing stuff, you know? Right. And so it gives an instructor just more to choose from. And sometimes they're just more efficient and effective mm-hmm. in getting the results that you want. You don't want to have to say the same thing. You know, Brett Jones always says, if you give the same cue three times and you're not seeing any response in the right direction, you got to find something else to say. Exactly. Do something different because no amount of squeeze your butt or turn on your glutes or,
0: yeah. Activate your core. That's my favorite one. What the yeah, hell does that, mean? What does that mean?
1: <laughs> you know, I hate it. You know, the most, you know, you got to find something that's going to help them. And so you jump in your toolbox. And so this is just mm-hmm. a huge resource for coaches and yeah. we wanted to give it to the strong first community because we believe that we are some of the best coaches out there and yeah. it, it generalizes to everything. It doesn't matter what you do, if you play football, if you're a swimmer, if you're a, you know, endurance athlete, if you're, a, you know, a, a mom coming back from, you know, a C-section, if you're, if, you know, if you're a grandmother who wants to get down and up off the floor, you know, if you're right. somebody who's dealing with osteoporosis, you know, XYZ, you know, it's like our system is, it's just so amazing on how it helps change people's lives.
0: Yeah. I love that. Cause it's, You know, I think too sometimes we can fall in love with specific cues when they work for a few people in a row. I remember when I was when I started doing FMS, this is like 15 years ago, I was almost like hoping someone had a shoulder issue because I knew how to fix that. It's like (laughs) I'm going right to that all the time. And it's like, but the more access you more things you learn and things you can I love that pull out of your toolbox. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. what's available and what's accessible. It's like if you have these things accessible to you at all times. You can pull it out. It's almost, it's the, it's that lost art of just learning for the sake of learning. You know, I Mm -hmm. think often as coaches, we're always thinking, oh, how can I apply this right away? It's like, maybe Mm -hmm. you won't need all of these, you know, at Mm -hmm. all times or ever, Mm -hmm. but, but learning, them, having access Mm -hmm. to them. It just keeps you so sharp.
1: It keeps you sharp. And then the other cool thing that it does is it hones your eye. Because I think if you can't, if you don't see things, well, first you have to see things, right? Am I seeing something not quite right? Don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Then you have to be able to collate that information and go, I saw the thing. What is it that they're doing? How do I fix the thing? Mm -hmm. And it might not be the fix that everybody would do on that. It might be because, I mean, I, I see it all the time you know, somebody's, you know, flipping the bell or using their upper body too much or whatever, that kind of stuff in the kettlebell swing. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're actually disconnecting in the wrong place. So the the sequence of their timing and their their tension is incorrect. So they're having to scoop or they're having to use their upper body yeah, mm-hmm. because there's no other choice for them physically because physics is physics. So you actually have to help them understand what the sequencing is. So it might not be you know, loosen your arms. Well, it's not going to make a difference. That's not the thing. So honing into, I see something, I'm getting more and more aware of how my, what I'm seeing is either right or wrong or more skilled or less skilled. Mm -hmm. And then now what do I do with that information? I got to figure out what is the choice that is going to give me the biggest bang for the buck. And so Mm -hmm. honing your skills by widening your toolbox Watching other people work, practicing your skills Mm -hmm. in a bigger setting that's about coaching, like certification, is huge, is huge Mm -hmm. for taking you to that next level as a coach. And, um, you know, we've had many people choose to come to our certifications, even though they could do an online one, to come back as a student, not to assist, but as a student, because the whole process is different the second time around or the third time around. And we yeah. just are mm-hmm. always honored to have people come back and go, oh my God, I learned so much more deep dive. This is great. I can't yeah. wait to go back and use this coaching my people. You know, it's really cool. That's
0: so awesome. You know, it's the system is so interesting. Cause like this past year I went to SFL and I was, it was the first time, no joke. I was a student again, since mm-hmm. I met you when I did body weight, which was, right. you know, three, two and a half years prior yeah. to that. And yeah, you, you forget what it's like to be, you know, that student again, where you go in and you just deep dive and it's like, it's so much fun to do that. And you come back and everything. And because I've been doing kettlebell work forever and it's great. You're always picking up different things, but it's like even seeing a different modality, a different tool with the same system, it just it deep, it doesn't expand knowledge. It deepens it so much. It deepens
1: it. And it's so cool because our system, we have the body weight, we have the the lifter, the barbell cert, mm-hmm. and then we have our two kettlebell certs. They're so conjoined, you know, everything is so refers, you know, the tension helps you learn how to be tense over or under a bar. You know, the breathing principles help you get stable so that you can push your body against gravity and keep it solid. You know, it's just, it's so cool how they just interconnect and support each other. It's, it's really, it's really wonderful. It's
0: really yeah, wonderful. that's awesome. So there's, there's going to be a workshop for this uh, with the toolbox. Is that right?
1: There is. So this Saturday, and if you're a strong first certified instructor and you have a current certification, you should have received, so check your junk mail, mm-hmm. um, an invitation to the coaching workshop with Brett and myself this weekend. So that's this Saturday Mm -hmm. and it's okay. So it's seven o'clock. It's early for me. Pacific standard time starts at seven, but it starts at 11 o'clock because you're East coast, right? So it's 11 AM your time Mm -hmm. and it's absolutely free for strong first certified instructors. There's a, there's a link, you go in there and you know, um, it's a three hour workshop, I believe. Wait, two hours? Two or three? Two hours, two okay. hours. And um, we're going to dive into sort of that 80 20 rule and um, coaching for coaches and the instructor's toolbox. And I'm going to show some, you know, one or two or three different sort of specific drills for all of the six movement patterns. With, you know, we use you know foam rollers or mm-hmm. bands or stuff like that to help help feed that proprioceptive information for your mm-hmm. student so that they can feel what you want so then they can do it with the kettlebell and so awesome. it's just super effective and I'm just so thrilled to be able to present this because like like you said you're like I didn't hear about I didn't even know that this mm-hmm. thing existed and um you know it's we've had it up and running for maybe well, I probably just went up on the instructor's only portion of the website right before the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know? And so we're just trying to get the word out for everybody because yeah. it's just not, it's, it's only for strong first instructors. And so it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, I had somebody say, Hey, I was an instructor. I've let my, my instruction, you know, I want to get mm-hmm. the toolbox, but I've lapsed. I'm like, well, have you thought about attending a certain yeah. <laughs> and certain your yeah. you know, <laughs> to everything. So, um, we know it's it's a it's a great resource and and it's mm-hmm. also fun when you see all this stuff and then hopefully what it does it spurs you on to be creative when you're drilling and you're like oh this worked I wonder if this would help and then you come up with your own drills yes mm-hmm. that help and that's super exciting because that ownership of the of the the skill set means that you're you're being creative and that's doing something else as a coach which yes. is phenomenal which yeah. is figuring out your own, because if you own this, if you own the principles enough, you should be able to problem solve with your student to find something that's going to get in so that they can feel what they need to feel to do the thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, it's such an important part because like every cue and all these things, like it happened because someone was in a creative mindset and they were trying some stuff out and then you work it a little Mm -hmm. bit more. It's like nothing was all just given to us at one point. Somebody- you know, got in yeah. that creative mindset and just that's being, right. just being within that kind of space mm-hmm. where you can allow yourself to be open mm-hmm. and explore and find some things like the deeper you go into it, it's just the more you solidify yeah. you know, the aspects. Yeah.
1: Of it. And as a coach, you know, if you are the person that people go to, to get fixed, I mean, that's a cool place to be, yeah. right? Exactly. You know, yeah. and if you, you know, I, there's plenty of people that we work with here at the studio um, that have stuff, bodily issues, right? Their knee doesn't bend the right way, or they have a shoulder injury, or they're dealing with a back issue or whatever. There's, there's ways to help them move and get stronger and hopefully either, um, support this thing to help it dissipate and go away. Mm -hmm. Um, or to, um, to allow them to do what they can do with the progression or regression of something To help them be as strong as they can be given what they're dealing with. And so that also is important as a coach is what do you do for people that don't move normally, but want to move and get stronger? You got to have a huge toolbox and you have to be creative in your ways of, of helping them achieve strength.
0: I love it. Andrea, this has been a blast having you on. Seriously, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. This, has been, this has been so great. And uh, I'm going to have to have you back on for round two, so we can keep this. That rolling. would be
1: great. Okay. Oh, we can talk about all kinds of stuff like rolling around on the floor. And
0: Absolutely. because we didn't get
1: to talk about GFM at all. We'll dive. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dive get into in. all that
0: good stuff again. So um, again, and I know a lot of instructors listen to this so they can check out that workshop. Kettlebility in Seattle. If you're in that area, go check it out. Andrea, thank you so much. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great day.
0: I'll catch you on the next one. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found some great value here. And if you like this episode, please drop a comment and leave us a five-star rating and review. It does more to build the show than you can imagine. And do not forget to check out and join the Strength Connection Facebook group. In this group, I share the biggest takeaways and lessons from these amazing conversations, as well as training and strength tips for pursuing mastery and fulfillment in life. It's, this group is filled with individuals looking to take full control over their strength, and it's the perfect space to explore new ideas and to share your journey. And you'll also get exclusive access to these Strength Connection Mastery Seminars. It's a deep dive into the physical, mental, and spiritual training that you can begin using immediately. So do not wait. Go now. Seriously, go. I right, Much love to you. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one.